It's on. There you go. How are we doing, church? It was good. It's a small number, but a um, a cosy number, and you know, that's okay. So um, I'm going to also pray to start, just because it's my process, and then we'll kind of delve into it. Thanks, Mike. It's always good to have helpers. Uh, look, God, we, we thank you that you are our God, Lord, that you are our King, that you're our Saviour. And that, Lord, we do not worship a, a dead person. Lord, we worship a God who rose. And the God, today we give you glory for that. Today we give you glory for who you are. And, Lord, what you can do through us and in us. So, Lord God, as we delve into your word, as we explore your stories, oh, Lord, I pray that you would, you would open yourself up to, to show us more of you. Right, who loves Easter Sunday? I mean, it's a long weekend. Who doesn't love it? Now, um, it's a new one for me because I'm normally at Easter camp, have been for probably 26, the last 28 years. So it's, uh, yeah, things are closed on Fridays. Like, did anyone know that? Like, this was a surprise to me. Nikki's like, we better get everything on, you know, Thursday. I'm like, why? It's also a surprise to Anna, I'd like to point out, but... She, she grew from that, didn't you, Anna? Apologies, Anna, I was three under the bus. I'd say it's the last person, but it's not. Right, um, before I start, I just wanted to touch on a few things on the Friday that Don talked about. Some of you may not be here, some of you were here, but I feel like it's important just to get a foundation of what happened so that we can go through the journey together. Now, I think the first thing that we need to talk about is that Jesus allowed this to happen. You know, I'm guilty of sometimes thinking this was predestined and it was always happening, and from the day he was born, it was always happening. But that is not true. If we read in Gethsemane when he's praying to God, he says, Father, take this cup, if you're willing, take this cup from me, but if not, your will be done. So up until the point where the nails were hammered into the cross, he could have said, no, nah, I'm out. And we need to, you know, that's really fundamental because he chose. He chose to do those things. That last second, when he's whipped, it wasn't like, oh, well, by that point it's over. He still chose to go through with it. He knew what it was, and he went through with it. And I think that, to me, is just such an affirmative thing. Sorry, I'm actually going to start my timer because I get some grief. Yeah, I, I did make a bold call last time that if I can't say it in 15 minutes, I shouldn't say it in 30. And I didn't. It was 42. But um, <laughs> we all were there, and we all enjoyed it, I think. Now, this is, yeah, and by following on from that, it's like we also get this picture that Jesus was a lamb that was slaughtered. And once again, that is the wrong imagery here. Because a lamb is a helpless animal that is taken and is slaughtered. Whilst he was a blood sacrifice, he was not in any way weak. He was not powerless. He chose once again. So the imagery of a lamb being slaughtered whilst being symbolic is not truly representative of that Friday. You know, when Jesus stood there and they hurled abuse and they hurled accusations, he didn't fight back. He was meek, but he wasn't meek because he was powerless. He was meek because his father had told him to be to withdraw. And so I think we need to really hold on to that, that our God is not a weak God. Our God in that moment was showing strength by saying nothing. And I think I'm guilty of thinking sometimes, oh, he should have done something. He should have, but that was not his job at that time. 
And, you know, today we celebrate that freedom. We celebrate that freedom from sin. We celebrate that freedom from anxiety, the freedom from anything that holds us back because today is the day that Jesus rose. Today is the day that Jesus died, went through that journey, and then he rose again. Today is the day we celebrate a God who has risen. And we need to really hold on to that because, you know, for me, this is a superhero origin story. Now, everyone loves one. I know this because they come out every year and they seem to make billions. So people love a good origin story. And we have the best, you know. We have, normally they start with, with something unbelievable. In this case, we have a baby born from a virgin mother, you know. In Superman's origin story, it's an alien from outer space. And all Green Lantern, he goes into another alien race. Whatever it is, we have a God who started the origin story with a miracle. And, you know, that happened. And then, then there's a few years of training where the, the superhero gets into shape. You know, he, he disappears, but he's still there. And then all of a sudden, he just bursts onto the scene, you know, either saving a plane from crashing into Earth or an asteroid. In Jesus' case, he makes some wine at a wedding. But, you know, he saved that wedding. So it was a great start. And as we go on, then the superhero dedicates himself to a life of servitude, to a life of greatness and of, what's the word I'm after? A life of, um, of goodness, just of, of being the, the good person. And so Jesus did that. He walked among us. He did amazing miracles. He healed people. He walked on water. He did things that could only be described as heroic. Heroic? Heroic. You know, he did amazing things. And so that is where he started from. Now, like all good superhero movies, there comes a time when he fights a big boss. And, you know, in this case, the big boss were the people, but also it was the evil one who had a schemes to kill him, to end him. And so he was fighting against the devil. He was fighting against man and the devil, and their plan was we're going to kill him because killing him will end this. And like a superhero, he sacrificed himself for the good of the people. He laid down his life because that would stop the bad guy. Now, like most superhero stories, when someone dies, they come back a few days later. It's an ambulance or a portal. I don't know what, but they always seem to come back. And Jesus is no different. You know, three days later, he came back. Now, on the Friday, the devil was celebrating. Because he was like, we have this. My victory is complete. But on the Sunday, on today, he was not. You know, he was, a, he was a defeated man because on the Friday, God was dead. On the Sunday, we were free. And he hates that. And so we're going to celebrate that. But just like the disciples who, who had to have a bit of a turn when they came to Jerusalem, most of this talk isn't about the Sunday. I wanted it to be. When Robert asked me to, I was... I prepared a victory lap. We're going to high-five everyone. There's going to be glitter cannons. It was going to be amazing. But as I was writing it, I couldn't get past the Saturday. The Saturday to me was just so, so big. And there was, there was just so much in it that I think so often we, we remember the Friday and we celebrate the Monday, on the Sunday, but the Saturday's forgotten. Now, once again, I, at Easter camps, we always talk about this, the Saturdays, but I think as a church, we probably don't. We probably, once again, have the Friday remembrance, the Sunday celebration, but Saturday, Saturday's hard. 
And I want to delve into Saturday a bit because that's really where the growth is. That's where the disciples became the church on the Saturday. So as we kind of start to move in a bit, um, yeah, I find it interesting because we've kind of cheated. We've read to the end. We know the story. We know what happens. But, and so in knowing what happens, it's easy to forget that when you're in that Saturday, what it must have been like. You know, it's easy to think, oh, well, why are, they, why are they so sad? Sunday's happening. But for them, Sunday hadn't happened. Friday has now, so when we're reading the story, we're all in the same place. We've all read to Saturday. We know what goes further. They don't. So they're in that Saturday. They're in that place of, of loss, of absolute dread. You know, their, their saviour, their king, the person that they had followed for three years, the person who they had believed would be the saviour and the king of Israel, had been killed. Now, that was not on their radar. Now, they knew Jesus was different. They knew that the Messiah that they followed was different to the Messiah that the, the Jewish people believed. But I still think, as Jewish people, they would have believed that he was still a king, he was still a conqueror, and he was still going to somehow free them from the Romans. Because at the time... That was the oppressing force on Israel as they saw it. What they didn't see was that sin was the oppressive force in Israel and the Romans were just there. And so what God said is, I don't care who's there. I don't care who rules you or doesn't rule you. Sin is what is holding you down. And so that is what he targeted on. That is what he drilled into and said, that is what I'm going to kill. But at that time, they didn't see that. They just saw a man they loved, a man they worshipped, a man they adored be murdered on the Friday and in that all hope was lost for them and in that all all their dreams for a life following Jesus all these things were gone now did Jesus tell them it was going to happen yes did they believe him it would appear not because their reaction on the Saturday kind of showed them that they didn't yet truly believe who Jesus was they thought they did but when they were tested it showed that they didn't yeah, and it's, it's, it must have been hard because you think less than a week earlier, they came into Jerusalem as heroes. You know, the Jewish people were laying down palm branches and shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel. Now that, that's an entrance. And I imagine if I had that on the Saturday, on the Sunday, I'm not thinking, you know what, in about a week's time, this is all going to turn. In a week's time, this is going to be horrific because... How do you imagine that? You've been accepted and loved by the people who you're here to save. How can that change? Now, I think it's also a, an indictment on, one, the power of the, the evil one and his control over us, and two, I think religion, that the people could go from one Sunday, blessed is the king of Israel, Hosanna, Hosanna, to saying on the Friday, crucify him. That is a hard turn. Like that. And for the disciples, I can't imagine that. But in our lives, we have hard turns. In our lives, we have situations where we think, like, life's going on great, and then it's not. And we've all had those situations. Now, I've had those situations, and, um, you know, I don't, I don't like sharing stories about my childhood. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't great. And 
it fills me with some shame and some guilt that I shouldn't carry, but I do. But I'm going to share a uh, story from my childhood because through that we grow. You know, through our stories that we share, we grow. And so when I was 16, my, um, my dad decided that he wanted to go to Australia. Well, he got into a bit of trouble with the IRD, and I think um, he decided that the best operation was Operation Runaway. So he must have decided one day, and um, I found out the next day that he was going the following day. So that was a bit of a, a, bit of a shock. But that night, I'd actually um, had an appendicitis. So I didn't get to say goodbye to my dad because I was in surgery, and when I woke up, he'd already gone on a plane to Australia. Now, as a 16-year-old as a boy, that is just... It's just heart-wrenching, you know? It's like my, my identity... I, I love my father. I still loved my father. Like he, was a, he was still a man who I admire for certain things and understand for other things. But, you know, at that time, you can't process that. You're just so broken because this person who you're supposed to, is supposed to be loving and supposed to be caring just left. Now, he... I didn't hear from him for another two and a half years after that. He just disappeared. We have phones, yes, we have email, and, but nothing. He just disappeared. He thankfully came back into my life for a few years before he died, and they were amazing years. But in that time, I was broken. You know, in that time, I went from everything being okay to everything being wrong. You know, how... I'm six, the formative years of my life when I should be learning how to be a man from the one person who should teach me how to be a man, I was all alone. I was like the disciples. I was coming into a time of victory and it was snuffed away. Now, it's hard because it's easy to think my dad was a villain in the story, but as, I, as I've talked to him later, I learned that actually... He was as much a victim of his own story as I was, of, as, he, as he was a villain of mine, because he was 10 when his dad died, and he says that was the best day of his life, because he was, a, he was an Australian born in Wagga Wagga, New South Wales, a rural town, and he was dyslexic. He d- didn't do well at school, but his father was a schoolmaster, and he, his father hated him for it, because he was supposed to be good at school. And so every day he was beaten for being bad at school, Every day he was told he was worthless for being bad at school. And so how could he be a father when he didn't know how to be a father himself? And so I think in his mind, the best thing he could do for me was to leave. And once again, but as 16-year-old me, I don't see that. As 40-year-old me, I look back and I see what happened. But the beauty of the God we serve is that whilst he doesn't cause bad things to happen, in those times... He allows great things to happen. So I'll just revert back to my notes. Yeah, so... Yeah, in the darkest times, when we're cut down to our core, you know, that's when he prunes us. That's when he really just cuts us back. Because from that pruning... Now, I'm an amateur botanist, but I love my hedge. And as I prune it, I always get a bit depressed. I've pruned too much because it gets a bit... Thin, but then you know it just explodes into life again because the pruning cuts out the things that aren't where they should be or the things that are dead and it allows things to grow. Now, my father not being there, that was that was hard. But in that the Lord blessed me by raising up men in my life who were like father figures. 
You know, men in my life who stood by me when things were tough. Men in my life who may not have had that impact in my life if my father was not, if that void of my father was not there. And I am thankful for God for doing that. Because as I look at my kids, I can see that I'm a better father because I went through what I went through. You know, it was hard and I hated it, but I am the best father I can be now because I had input from men who were not my father, who weren't broken, who were godly men, who spoke truth into my life and who blessed me when they didn't have to. And, you know, I'm, I was thinking about naming them, and I will, because it's like, you may not know these people, but I think there needs to be honour to these men. You know, one was Roger Roll. He was my best friend's dad, and he just, yeah, he time and time and time again, he loved me when I felt unloved. You know, and we can be like that to other people. You know, another one was Keith Domacy, another good friend of mine, and he spoke truth into my life. We did things, we went mountain biking, we just, he just spent time with me when he didn't have to. Uh, another one, Mike Button. We all know Mike, great character. But, you know, he, once again, different, different situation, but he spoke truth in my life when I needed truth in my life. You know, he spoke things over me when I needed them. And he was ruthless sometimes when I needed to be. You know, he would call me out. And I respect that. And the last one is actually Mike Collins, you know. He's, he's a man who I respect, a man who, who's modelled what to be a good father is. And I am so blessed that he's in my life to model how I can be a better parent to my children. Hmm. Turns out I can't say it in 15 minutes. <laughs> Apologies, I'll wrap it up. No. And so, um, yeah, so these are men who God has wrapped around me. These are men who, when I was in that dark spot, when I was in that Saturday, God said, I will use the Saturday to lift you up, to build you up, to grow you, so that when Sunday comes, you will be more prepared. You know, and I think never has that been more true than Peter. Is it Peter? Yeah, it is. We'll call him Peter. Apologies, I've got my notes here. Yeah, now, Peter means the rock. Now, and we all remember the story of when they first met. I thought it was weird. When he comes up like, hey, Simon, yeah, you're Peter now. Come follow me. And I was like, wait a minute, I've got a name. Why do I need a second name? Now, interestingly, Simon means to listen or to hear. And Peter means the rock. And so when he was Simon and Jesus said, follow me, he heard. But what Jesus spoke of his life when he said, you are now Peter, is you are now my rock. You are the person I will build my church on. But as we know, he thought he was that man up until the crucifixion. Up until that Saturday, he thought, I am that man. And what happened? When the time came, he said, I will, not, I will die for you, Lord. But when someone said, hey, you know him, he said, no, I don't. Three times he said, I don't know you. I don't know that man. Because we can all think we're going to do what's right until we have to do it. I know in my life, I think that I will do the right thing until I have to do it. I've got a, a wee story about a few years ago, we did a, um, we did a, a mini conference. And I walked into the wrong room. I thought I was going to one like seminar thing. And I walked into a treasure hunter seminar thing. Now, if you know me, you will know 
a few things, but one of the things you will know is I am an introvert. I don't want to talk to people. I don't want to be around people. I will do this, and then I'll go home, and I'll just lock myself in a room and cry. But that's just me. And so the thought of going out, finding someone, and coldly starting a conversation with them from nothing just scares the bejeebas out of me. And so I thought, you know what, Lord? I'm here. I'm doing this. But I thought, I've got, a, I've got an out. I'm going to pick because they made us think of this person. I'm going to think of the most obscure, weird person you've ever thought. So I thought, okay, he's got to have a limp, and they've got to be wearing a red hat, and they've got to be doing... I had like five things, and, and you know what? We went to the mall, and blow me down, it was, it was, they were there. And I'm just like, oh, this is ridiculous. So I did what every good Christian did, and made up a sixth thing, and said, oh, well, no, that's not them. And, and to my shame, I shouldn't laugh about this, but I failed that. Because I said, you know, when I would be standing in front of you, I would say, I will talk to anyone, but when the time comes, I may not. And the time comes, we may not, because until we're tested, we don't know if we'll actually go through with what we're going to do. We don't know. It's easy to say, Lord, I'll follow you until he says, do this. And whilst preparing this talk, he's actually put some things on my heart that I'm I'm 50-50 on. I'm going to try, but... I, I can't guarantee I'm going to follow through. And I know the Lord, and I love the Lord, and I want to follow the Lord, but I will struggle with this. But, you know, the part of coming from a Saturday to a Sunday is that in the Sunday, Jesus rose. On a Sunday, we get the power. On a Sunday, our shame doesn't matter anymore because he took that, that died. And so I shouldn't be shamed into thinking I shouldn't do this. I should be celebrating that I get the chance to do this. And that's where we need to come to on the Sunday, you know, that we get a chance to serve our Lord. We get a chance to be the body, to be the hands. You know, I love that song, if we're the body, are our hands reaching? Because it's so true, we are the body. And if we're not reaching, who is? You know, I believe God can do all things, but I think he uses us to reach out to the people around us. And if we're not reaching, who is? And I think for Peter... It was that transformation of going through that brokenness, of going through that Saturday that then allowed him to be the church. Because before, the, on the Friday, he was not ready. If we'd built a church on Friday, Peter, it would have failed. We wouldn't be here today. We'd be doing anything else. But by the, by the Sunday and the Monday and, the, and every other day after that, he had gone through that brokenness. He'd come to the other side and he'd been pruned. And now he was ready to be that rock. And so when we're going through those Saturday times, you know, it's hard to think, oh, I just want this to be over with. But unfortunately, the Saturday times are not like going to the gym. You're not going to go once, smash a protein shape, then wake up in the morning with six packs and guns. You're just not. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes commitment. And so when you're in those Saturday times, it's easy to try and want to get out. It's easy to think, oh, Lord, just take this from me. But we're normally in those so we can grow. We're normally in those times so that when we come out, we are more. And the Lord wants to grow us. The Lord always calls us further on. So when we're going through those things, whilst it's hard and whilst we may need support, know that we go through for a reason and the Lord is blessing us for them. So, yeah, I just want to encourage you in that because, yeah, I really... This, once again, this wasn't where I thought this talk was going because I wanted to do the Sunday. And so we'll move on to the Sunday because 
this is the day we're here to celebrate. You know, this is the day where Jesus rose from the dead. This is the victory that we're all promised. This is the victory we're promised from the day pretty much Adam and Eve sinned. This is what Jesus and God would have got together and thought, we got this. It's going to take some time. We'll work a few things out, but we have got this. You know, there's one sacrifice to free us forever. It's not a yearly thing. It's not a whatever. It is one and done. And for that, I am so grateful. So, um, yeah, as I've, I've kind of touched on earlier, but I talked about Jesus being superhero, but the reality is so are we. Because everything Jesus did, we can do. Everything Jesus did. Jesus didn't say, I've done this to show you. Now, just wait till I come back. He said, now go and do it. You know, he sent his disciples out. We should be going out and healing people. We should be prophesying. We should be doing all these miracles. Heck, we should be walking on water. If Jesus did it, we can do it. You know, I, I used to actually hate the, those bracelets, those WWJD bracelets, because it's like, they were, what would Jesus do? And I'm like, well, what did Jesus do? You know, not what would he do, what did he do? Because he called us to do what he did, not to think what he would do. And so he did enough. He spent as much time on earth as he needed to to show us everything we needed to know. So when, you know, when we're in a situation, we think, what did Jesus do? You know, he called out the people who are hypocrites. You know? He loved the people who are weak. He, he healed people. You know, he prophesied over people. He spoke good things over people. He spoke to Peter and said, you are now Peter. You know, he spoke that he was a rock. Our words have power. And so when we go from today... We just remember that we are heroes. You know, our superpower is from God, but it is given to us. And how we use it determines whether we're a hero or whether we're just a nobody. Because we have the power to be both. We have the power to be just someone who goes through life or power to be a hero. Now, I am more often than not, unfortunately, not in the hero camp. But I want to change. And I want us all to change. So I think today, we'll get the band up, because it's been long enough for me, and not enough of God. So I think today I'm going to open up the front. And if anything I've said has kind of, kind of really touched you, then I want us to come forward because today is a day where our Lord, our, our, our church began. Our religion, or whatever we call what this is, it began. You know, today is a day where the Lord rose. And we don't, we don't, we're, not a, we're not a gathering of people who believe that Jesus existed. We're a uh, we're a people who believe that he still exists. And, and my clothing thought is, you know, that every religion teaches us, teaches people how to get close to God. That is what they do. We are the only religion, I hate using that word, but we're the only body of people who can say that our God came to earth and died to be close to us. He's not saying, hey, do these things. He's saying, I have done these things. So that is the God we serve. We serve a God who came to us because we couldn't. We serve a God who frees us because we couldn't. And so today, we're just going to open up the front. The band's going to sing some songs, hopefully a good one. I don't know. I asked for one, but I feel like my father-in-law let me down. No, no pressure. But yeah, so we're going to open up the front. We're going to, if you want to spend time in prayer, I'll be at the front. I imagine Caleb will be here, like the prayer team will be here. We want to pray with you. We want to journey with you. And if you're, you know, and the other thing is, just as my final thought, 
if you're seeing someone going through a Sunday, a Saturday, you can be with them. You know, you could be that father figure. You could be that mother figure. You could be that person who helps journey through, that changes their life in a way that that you couldn't imagine, but that they will one day claim your name on a stage because you have changed their life in a way that they can't not say your name. Thank you. Oh. Oh, good. That'd be better. I mean, if you ended with it, I wouldn't be sad. Would you stand with us?